Kemping here, PHRA's Executive Director. Welcome to P4, People, Purpose, Passion, Pittsburgh. P4 is brought to you by our members and sponsors, Latitude and the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. We appreciate their support and we will hear from them throughout the podcast, beginning with the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. Especially in times of uncertainty and challenge, America needs exceptional leaders to guide our healthcare institutions. The highly ranked Executive MBA in Healthcare at the Joseph M. Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh is designed to empower and enable leaders to think critically, make informed decisions, and inspire confidence. Forge your path into healthcare innovation by visiting business.pit.edu slash EMBA healthcare. In this episode, Christina Connor talks about culture, fit, finding your purpose, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, crucial conversations, and also provides some career advice. Good morning, Christina. We're excited to have you on our uh, session of P4, the PHRA podcast today. And this is going to be a fun one because you're a fun person and you're one of those people that just kind of says it how you see it, right? Um, so thank you for joining us. And the way we start this off is welcome and tell us who you are. Good morning, Pete. Thanks for having me on P4. So I'm, I'm very excited to be part of this and to talk to everyone today. So who I am, Christina Connor. I have been with the PHRA for more than 20 years now um, in various roles and currently a very active member. Um, so that's, that's kind of my association um, with the PHRA. I am a senior human resource business partner for PPG. I support our automotive refinish business. I've been with them for about three years now. Um, but my journey to PPG um, was interesting. I started in other areas of HR before I, I made it to where I am today. Um, would you like me to go into that now, Pete, with some of that background? Yeah, so right before you get into the background, I'd like you to kind of start off with the where you where you grew up and then the, the college piece, because as we think about this, you know, I might be you know thinking about going to study, you know, HR in college. Uh, maybe I'm thinking to study something else in college. Can that lead to HR? So to see the different paths that we can take. And just because I start off heading north doesn't mean that I can't, you know, turn and go east or west or even south, you know, at, at some point, right? Sometimes we actually do a full uh, 180. And before we get into that uh, part is, you know, anybody that's listening to this, you see Christina at an event, like go up and say hi to her, right? It'll be worth your time. And I think she'll she'll like it as well. She does a ton uh, for PHRA. I didn't know it was 20 years, um, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, legacy uh, across. So, you know, thanks for that. Let's dig back into your background there. Absolutely. So in my background, I grew up out in eastern part um, from Pittsburgh, so in North Huntington, and I went to Norwin. So I was a proud graduate of, of the Norwin Knights. Um, and then, as Pete just mentioned, which is kind of funny, around your journey to where you where you are and where you got to be, I started out at Kitt Greensburg um, as an accounting major. So I thought for sure I was going to be a CPA. That, that's what I thought because I liked my accounting class in high school. So why not major in that in college? Um, until you get into like the second or third level of accounting classes and realize, well, at least for me, it was very boring. So um, I started to, to explore and, and look to see what else there was. Fell into education, um, which for those of you that are familiar with Pitt, we don't really have, or they didn't have a straight education degree. So you had to do psychology or something else and then go back for a teaching certificate. So as I was doing that in, in my junior year, I said, why, why not look at different schools at this point that might actually have a degree in education, which is when I found Slippery Rock University. 
uh, went there for a visit. Both my parents graduated from there, so it was kind of nostalgic going back there for them to say, hey, check out our campus, see what you think. And that's how I ended up transferring as a teaching major to Slippery Rock. Um, after a semester or so of realizing maybe I didn't want to deal with the parents part of teaching, which is kind of funny because I, I am a mom of four, um, I decided to get back into business again. And after talking to some people and meeting with Dr. Goody, who was the head of the HR um, major at Slippery Rock at the time, I decided to change my major to human resources. And so I was able to combine both the passion for the business side of things as long as well as the teaching side and engaging with others. And so it was a really exciting opportunity uh, to change my major and I've never looked back. And I've been blessed to have a career where I've always been in HR. So upon graduating, I landed a job um, doing benefits right out of college for local unions, went on to recruiting. So I did that for about four years as well um, in a, a temporary staffing and worked up through executive placement there. And then um, had ventured over onto um, in-house recruiting, as I would call it, and, and becoming an HRBP for the first time um, earlier in my career uh, with a high-tech company based out of Israel called ECI Telecom. And, and so that was an interesting uh, experience to go through. But unfortunately, we, we closed that office after about four or five years in the Robinson area, uh, moved all the work back to the home company in Israel and India. Uh, at that point, that's when I actually had met John Oliverio through the PHRA um, and, and actually went up to him, as Pete had suggested, at a networking event and said, hey, I, I heard you're looking for an HR manager. I just applied. And that's kind of what started the portion of my career of how did I leverage the PHRA to influence my career and where I was going to go. Um, so I got an interview for that position and was able to transition to Wesco at that point, um, continue as an HR manager building those relationships and working through that um, for the next three, four years. And then I had moved over to K&L Gates through other, again, connections and, and people that I had met um, after receiving my certification, after going to the, the prep course with the PHRA, um, I became <laughs> certified. So that was great as well and made a lot of um, amazing friends and colleagues that I still keep in touch with very closely to this day. Um, and after K&L Gates, about three or so years, uh, I had an opportunity to come to PPG and become an HR business partner um, at a much larger organization, which has kind of been sort of really small and grew every time I moved, I went to a larger company. So it was really exciting. So you've been a lot of places, you've met a lot of people, and you've seen a lot of things. And let's talk a little bit about what really means the most inside those organizations. And I'm talking culture, Christina. So what, what does culture look like to you and how might you describe it? And what does the future of culture look like for all of our organizations? So I think the interesting part is sometimes when I discovered it was time for me to move on from one organization to the next, it was typically when I would get to a point where I would realize the culture wasn't a fit with who I was or who I wanted to be and how I wanted to lead and or be part of an organization. And so for me, that was um, that revolutionary moment that I would kind of wake up and be like, wait a second, this isn't where I'm meant to continue to grow and be. And so culture is really important. Culture is where you feel you can come and be yourself at work and where you can speak up and you can contribute and add value and feel that you add value. Um, I think those were some of the things that I had taken away from other organizations where I've worked in the past where, you know, if you walk out of a meeting and you feel like I didn't contribute or I didn't say something because I wasn't sure how others in the room would take it, or I felt like I was raising my hand too many times to ask questions. 
um, and others were kind of staring at you, clearly that tells you the culture is not supporting that type of engagement. And I'm high energy and I like to ask questions and I like to dig in and then I'm curious. So that for me is really important in the right culture of, of having a supportive culture that allows me to do those things and doesn't tell me to, hey, don't be the first one to ask a question. Those were the type of indicators for me that when culture wasn't a fit and what's important to me and what's important in the future. Real quick, yes, no. Do you think there's a lot of organizations out there that try and do culture right, but they kind of say one thing and do another thing or don't do on the other side? Yes. Okay. And do you think culture is going to change uh, as we keep moving forward? Right. We have a new generation that's, you know, kind of growing up here. There's, you know, the age of employee choice, the, you know, pandemics changed a lot of things. You think there's a, you know, culture, cultural shift and, you know, is it going to be different? Absolutely. I think it's going to continue to evolve. I think there's a lot of aspects of remote work, hybrid work, what we do with our time together that is going to continually change how we look at the workplace and how we look at how we engage with one another, how we connect and bond with one another. I mean, it was so easy before when you were in an office and you could have lunch with someone every day to really get to know them. Now you have to make an effort. I have to make an effort to set up a Teams call, to be able to talk to my colleague, to be able to understand what did they do this weekend or how are things going with their family. There's a lot more effort that you have to put in to making those connections and making things happen. Hmm, if only there was an easier way for us to do employee connection, <laughs> wouldn't that be fantastic? If only. If only. <laughs> if only there was something like that around. Okay, let's keep going about this future of work. So, for example, right, you and I got uh, lunch together a couple, geez, it might almost be two months ago now. And, you know, we're the kind of person that we were both on our phones like, oh, you got to read this article. You got to read this article, right? In such a nice, like, collaborative building on the conversation way. But, you know, I think we had to reschedule it two times or three times, right, from both sides, right? Life gets busy, life gets chaotic, and there's always so many competing priorities. Um, so how can we like emphasize, you know, as we keep thinking about the future of work, emphasize the power of connection? Um, because you said culture is gonna change a lot. And I think some of the core principles are gonna remain the same, right? Take care of our people is never gonna change. So let's talk about the future of work. What's staying the same and what's, what's gonna be different and what can we do? So I think to your point, um, things that stay the same, clearly we need to connect today. You need to connect with people. You need to build trust. Um, you need to build relationships with one another. So there's still ways of doing it. Some of them, though, in the business world, I think, stay at that superficial level. So I think really to get more meaningful conversations and, and trust building, you have to be vulnerable with one another. You have to see each other as peers versus you know, a, a superior and I'm a subordinate, so I shouldn't ask questions and different things like that. But, you know, we're both people. So being able to engage at that level. Um, so that's probably more of what I mean, of, of more of peer to peer um, and, and kind of rising everybody up to that same level, right? Of, you know, empowering people to ask questions and engaging with them versus just, you know, dictating down what, what do you need to do and how you need to do it. Um, we've seen in these more recent generations, they ask a lot of why questions. Well, why do I need to do this process? Why do I have to do it this way? The older generations take offense and think that you're questioning, you know, my authority or my knowledge and all these things. And it's really not. It's just a level of curiosity of like, can we do it better? Why, why are we doing it this way? Or, you know, oh, I understand. So if I change step six, that it's going to impact one, two, and three. So I better, I better understand one, two, and three before I suggest that we change step six. So things like that, where you know, you have to have those connections and you have to have that understanding. 
but being open in all directions, right? So I think that's that's where it's a bit of a change because I think if, if a lot of us look back to when we first started our careers, and at least I'm speaking for myself 20, 25 years ago, you just did what the person told you to do and you didn't really question much, right? And then as you become comfortable in yourself and in what you know, you just start to ask more questions. Yeah, and I, I, you talked about empowering others, right? And that safe space and showing the vulnerability, right? You're new in a role. There's plenty of things that you don't know, especially, you know, how things operate. You can only learn so much out of a book, but there's so much that comes from the on-the-job training and those lived experiences. Uh, something that's come up a lot is is on purpose and like on pur- purpose. And I think that's actually the name of Jay Shetty's podcast, which I, I recommend that anybody go, go take a look at it. We actually talked about that at lunch as well. Um, but whenever we think about, you know, Gen Z millennials coming into the workforce, you know, there's a big emphasis on, on their purpose. And I think the uh, emphasis around diversity, equity, inclusion is a big piece of that. So this is a two-part question for you, right? How can we uh, kind of help people uh, align and find their purpose? And, you know, does, uh, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, you know, fit into that? And are there any, you know, kind of positive influencings uh, that we can make on that, that process? Does that question kind of make sense? There's like a part A, B, C on there. <laughs> I think so. So, you know, I think when it comes to pulling in diversity and equity inclusion on different pieces as well, for me, the biggest piece is listening, to be honest, is to to listen to different perspective and to be open. I think that's one of the challenges that we have is that we are going at such a fast pace. And as you were even just saying, like when we met for lunch, we kept going back and forth and, hey, listen to this podcast. Listen, I mean, we jumped over so many different topics in such a short period of time that when I think about diversity, equity, inclusion, that's what it's about, though. It's listening to different perspectives. It's about engaging others. It's about looking in areas where you normally wouldn't. Having spent time in recruiting, for example, when I work with hiring managers and we talk about different things, one of the things I emphasize is most people are not professional resume writers. So, you know, you have to get in there and get to know the person, listen to the story, understand how did they get to where they are? Why did they make certain decisions? Because to your point around purpose and passion and the things that people you know, want to put their time into, sometimes you're not going to see that on a paper resume when someone first applies. So having that connection, which is the other piece that we talked about from a culture, right? Connecting with people and truly listening and understanding. And, and to be honest, just like somebody did with me all those years ago when I was a teaching major and, and we were talking in a casual connection and, and they were like, you know what? I really think that you should go and talk to this professor because I really think this is actually an area that you would excel in. So having somebody else point that out to you sometimes, it's just that helping point you in the right direction of where to go. And, and so I try to do the same with others. I, I often refer to the work I do is just connecting the dots. All the dots are there. They just don't know that maybe they should be connected to one another or, or where there even is one for them to connect to. Wow. Connecting the the dots of culture and connection. Wow, I, I like that. I just come up with the title for this uh, for this session. Hmm. Uh, a, another note that I took down here is is you're talking about like, hey, just go ask questions and uh, how do you guide others? Something that I've observed over the last year, just kind of watching you in the PHRA community, is you know you won't always just tell people an answer, but you'll kind of guide them through how to get there. And I, I don't know if you, you, you probably realize that you're doing it, um, but just kind of how you are constantly developing people to not not being a jerk or, you know, kind of un- unhelpful, but really like pushing them to be like, oh, what did you think about it this way? Oh, did you explore this opportunity? And you've done it with me as, as well, you know, to, so it's it's really, really helpful. 
So kind of shout out to you for like walking the walk and talking the talk. It's easy to do these things at, at it can be easier to do these things at work, but whenever we step into these, you know, kind of associations and groups and member communities, you know, we sometimes will act a little bit differently. But I think you, you know, I can only imagine what it's like, you know, you inside of the PPG, uh, but like really, really nice job. And, you know, you've been an active member of the PHR community, but they uh, value adding, you know, always adding value to the to the community. So I don't know if that's something that you try and do uh, or that you sort of observe, but it's like it's it's huge. I think it's interesting because, again, I've shared having the support of others to be part of the PHRA and even support from past presidents to run to be on the board and different things like that for the PHRA. I think, honestly, it's been things that have been modeled before me. And so those are the aspects of leadership and, and how people have behaved that I've appreciated and that I've taken value in. And I appreciate the people who, you know, reached out a hand to me when I first joined. Right. And they were very um, proactive in, in connecting me with other people and helping drive me to to just do more and to do better and to do what you can. And I think as you were sort of describing it, what the word I was hearing was authentic and like trying to be authentic in, in my world, whether it's PPG or other companies I've worked at or within the PHRA, it is easy to be more reserved. But I also feel like it's like an obligation. If I, if I feel I can help someone, like why not try? You know, the worst they can say is no, or not do it and that's fine. But at least I've given them something that I feel again, I can connect the dots and share what I've learned from or how I do things. That can so you're, you're, you're sharing, you're connecting the dots, you're giving some feedback. And sometimes you might have to give some feedback that's a little bit tough, right? So let's transition this a little bit into, you know, kind of the, that, that those difficult conversations that we might have. So Christina, whenever it comes to uh, kind of difficult conversations, uh, constructive conversations, you might call that crucial conversations, right? One or two tips around, you know, giving, delivering, giving, receiving feedback along the way, either that you've been, you know, experienced or some, a tip that somebody shared with you. Yeah. So there's a couple of different tips that I have that I think would be helpful. You know, one on, on giving, I always try to say, give it from the first person point of view, right? So try not to be like, oh, well, Pete told me about this time when this happened, right? Like try to put myself into the situation where I can actually witness a certain be behavior happening or a scenario happening. So I can really talk to it firsthand. Um, because I think that's more respected, you know, versus the, the telephone game of it transferred six times through other people. And now I'm talking to you about a situation that I have, I wasn't present for, I really don't know about, but I'm going to talk to you and counsel you or coach you on it. Right. So I think, I think that's a critical part that I do tell most managers they should, you know, focus on and, and just people in general, um, as far as, you know, receiving feedback and things asking for it, right? I, I tell people, I use the phrase, flip the script when it comes to performance reviews and everything. I tell managers, I say, give your employees blocks of time that you're available to meet with them to get their performance review, for example, because we know our natural defense goes up as soon as someone says, hey, let's have a conversation about your performance or, hey, can I give you feedback on that? People become very, very defensive. So when I say flip the script, it's literally, hey, here's blocks of time that I have. You schedule the time that you want to meet with me. That way, if someone likes to hear something first thing in the morning, if they want to hear it Friday afternoon, whenever it is, right? Because employees will overanalyze, oh, you did all your worst performance reviews first, right? Um, you did them alphabetical order. Like how are they try to figure out what order you're, you're having your conversations in sometimes. And I laugh at, you know, we say what we say is true. When there's silence, people create up very creative stories about how and why and when and all of those things. So just really cut through the noise and be transparent. One of the best managers I had, no matter what, always tried to give me a little bit of feedback in every single one-on-one -on -one we had. And for me, 
that helps me grow because if a manager sits me down and says, great job, keep doing what you're doing, that really doesn't help me grow. So it helps me more to know in what areas can I grow and specifically what can I work on? What did I do in this presentation that I could do better the next time? I want to hear the feedback um, and, and go through that. So those would be my, my three kind of tips for everyone. Super, super helpful. A couple of things that I've also heard about is, you know, kind of ask the, those those questions in the, the, the one-on-ones, right? Start, stop, continue, shift. We talked about that a little bit in the presentation. So even if you don't have an agenda, right, those are four things that you can go through. And then at the end, right, you say, hey, we want to align it to our goals and expectations, right? The what we were trying to accomplish. And this could apply to your, to your mentors, to the different people, and then the expectations of how we were trying to do it. And you might shift some of those things, but for, for nothing else, you say like, yeah, thumbs up, we are headed in the right direction. And for those employees specifically, right, what, what happens, a lot of folks leave their jobs because they don't see a professional growth opportunity and because they have a poor relationship with their managers. So if there's a point along the way, whenever you're talking to your folks, it's like, hey, are we still heading in the right direction? And are we still heading there how we wanted uh, to head there? So yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, ready for a couple of hot, hot seat quick questions? Sure. <laughs> All right. So number one, we'd like to ask people what they're reading and uh, what might be on backlog for reading as well. What do you yeah. got? Yeah. So I, I, I can definitely share. Um, I don't think you want to hear all the kids stories that I read on a nightly basis, but I do have a stack of books on my desk that are, are, are queued up. Hopefully maybe over the holiday, I can actually start to read one of them. One of them is connectable. So I talked about connecting dots and things. So it's kind of interesting in culture. So how leaders can move teams from isolated to all in. Um, uh, one of our employee resource networks actually sponsored um, an event and then they gave the book out afterwards, which was fantastic for us just to embrace more. So that's on my my read, reading list. Very, very cool. So all four kids read the same books at all times. <laughs> so when I read a bedtime story, they all hear the same book at the same time. Uh, three of them share a bedroom at the moment and one teenager is in the next room. And so, no, she's not listening, but, you know. She's missing out on these. She uh, is. She a leadership session recently and they uh read dr seuss oh the places you'll go mm -hmm. uh, so that i say that my comments somewhat facetiously of everybody hearing the same same story but also uh with some some interest in that. all right number two uh christina you're talking to the christina from 25 years ago and you get to give one nugget of advice what are you going to say to her just stay true to who you are. I feel that I have, and I feel that I've kind of navigated my career in that way, but I feel there are moments when, when maybe I would have had more clarity sooner had I, you know, just stay true to, to what you believe and what you want to do and, and go after it. Love it. All right. Uh, last two questions. I added a different one in there. Um, okay. uh, so the, the, this one is going to be the, the coolest desk toy that you've ever had, or uh, one that you've seen on somebody's desk at work. Or at home, you could have an at-home office. Yeah, I would say it's kind of funny because that's evolved over the last couple of years, right? There's a lot more kind of cool toys. But what I would say that I think is most interesting that I've seen, it's like this connect sand. Because when you think of sand, you think really messy beach sand gets in everything. But this connect stays together like Play-Doh, kind of. So you get the texture of the sand, but the neatness, I'll call it, of, of Play-Doh, if you call Play-Doh neat. 
So. All right. Shout out to the Willery team because they had Connect Sand and I have it. And if I was at home in my office there, I'd have that Connect Sand right next to me right there. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that one. Last one. Uh, hey, I'm thinking about joining PHRA. Is there like one event that I you know, could come to that's just kind of low stress, low, low, low pressure, easy barrier to enter? What would you recommend to somebody who's kind of like thinking like that? Like maybe it's a good fit for me. How can I just dip my toe in the water? So I definitely think the networking events, and I know it's that's kind of changed over the last couple of years with COVID and things like that, but the in-person networking events or even, you know, the um, when there's opportunities in the various regions, we would do like meet the, the board member type thing because you get an eclectic group of people together because it's not, you know, the whole organization doesn't necessarily flock upon it, but you get to meet one uh, board director who talks about different things and opportunities as well as other members or people just like you, thinking about becoming a member. So I think those are great opportunities. Um, and then I always like, you know, the the educational sessions as well, right? So you can kind of assess what am I going to get out of it? And and the speakers are always phenomenal and you always take a nugget away from everything. So I think walking into it of, I just want to meet one person, you know, set an expectation that's attainable and, or I want to learn one thing and I'm going to walk away and start using it. That's really what's helped me over, over my career. So we're setting the expectations and making a plan in all, all things that we do. So Christina, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for your decades of uh, support to PHRA uh, and now everything that you do in the community from PPG uh, and beyond. Um, so I think Norwin uh, is proud of, of their grad, uh, as well as, you know, the, the University of Pittsburgh and Slippery Rock University communities. And I think it was what you were in benefits recruiting ECI Telecom, over to Wesco, KNL Gates, PPG. So whenever we talk about like these experiences, right, and truly connecting the dots of culture and authentic connection through listening across majors and industries and the life of the HR world, that's you. Seen it, done it, live it. Now it's time to pay it forward. Thanks, Christina. Thank you, Pete. People do matter. And at the end of the day, we cannot get any work done if we don't have the right people in place. Are your people connected? Latitude is the one-stop shop people connection software platform. Our software workshops and programming facilitate new employee onboarding, manager one-on-ones, stay interviews, mentorship programs, and peer networking to increase retention, engagement, satisfaction, productivity, profitability, and happiness. Imagine a technology that intersects your calendar with LinkedIn, Zoom, Google Docs, and your CRM. Contact Latitude today to schedule a conversation. The PHRA P4 podcast was created to help build HR readers through discussions with thought and business leaders on the most critical success factor of any business, its people. If you enjoy an episode, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast and providing us a rating. We would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode, tag PHRA, and share it with your followers. Until next time, thank you.